0: Welcome to our community. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Don Butera. Handling earthly things in a heavenly way. Handling earthly things in a heavenly way. Now, when I began to look at this, uh, you know, uh, we're on earth, everything we deal with is earthly, but we have to handle it in a heavenly way. Can I get an amen? That's what God wants us to do, you know? And, uh, and so uh, I just said, okay, before I begin to actually even talk about this issue in, in a more concrete way, I need to lay some truth down to you. I need to just kind of, I, I got to lay some truth on you before we can even begin to start talking about this. And so today I want to talk about some foundational truths uh, uh, that I believe are in the Word. They, they, some of them are so basic, but... But really, it's good that I repeat them. And so, you know, I want to start off by saying this. Are you willing to receive the report, no matter what it is? You know, when, 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 we, when we built this building, you know, we were all excited. We moved in about July, and it was really exciting. And all of a sudden, you know, in August, the earth shook. And they shut the whole parking building down, you know, and... Um, At that time, it was like, whoa, what are we going to do? And um, so there was some guys that came and and began to test the structure. And Jimmy said to me, Jimmy said, Donald, I really, uh, we're going to be here 20 years. And we want to make sure that this is done Right. He said, so I think, I, I know a guy who's like very, you know, highly qualified, structural engineer. He can bring his guys in and do the testing. Just make sure it's done right. Make sure it's done proper. Because we want to stay here for 20 years and we want everybody to be safe. And I said to Jimmy, I said, yeah, well, that's probably a good idea. Let's, let's get him. And then Jimmy said to me, are you ready to hear the report that he has though? I was like, well, what do you mean? He goes, well, see, normally when you give somebody money, they're gonna give a report that you wanna hear. He said, but this guy's not gonna do that. This guy's actually going to look at this thing and no matter what he sees, whatever he finds, he's gonna give us. It might not be a good report, but it's gonna be the truth. And Jimmy said, are you willing to receive that? Are you willing to hear that? And and, and I you know, I I kind of moaned a little, I must admit. But then, then I said, of course I want to hear the truth. I want the truth because the truth will what? Set you free, right? The truth sets you free. Well, can I say that? Yes, the truth sets you free. Uh, but let me let me just kind of give you an understanding of that okay you know i hear people say this often it's from the the bible it says that the word of god goes forth and will accomplish that which it's set out to do you know and most of the time you know uh i hear that said when someone you know uh like i don't know preaches or declares something and and then and then all of a sudden like when they say it they kind of say it like God's word is going to go out and it's going to change the hearts of individuals and and make them understand what the word says. No, no, not always. The word will absolutely accomplish the work it has. And the word does two things. The word will either come into your heart and you will receive it and you will change or you will reject it and you will become hard. So sometimes when the word goes out, it just makes you hard. You realize you are in one of the most dangerous spots you could be in right now, and that is because the word of God is gonna go forth, and you have a choice. And that choice is you can either harden or you can, for lack of better words, repent and change. That's what we, I mean, we sing it. Oh my Lord, we sing it. I surrender all. I, you know. But when the word comes, are you ready to receive it? So, I hope that you're ready to hear the report that I'm going to give you, the truth, the foundational truth that I'm going to give you today, and over the next three weeks. Uh, I'm, I, 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 you know, I, I hope the leaders say yes because I don't know what I'm going to do if they say no. Um, but you know, it's yeah. You could say no, and I will, yeah. Anyways, we'll talk. We'll talk. Okay, let's get on. So I want to share with you four fundamental truths that are in the Word of God. They might not be revelations to you, but they're words that I have to share. Before we can actually begin to talk about how to handle earthly things in a heavenly way, I've got to give you some foundation first. Okay? So here comes the big one. Ready? Really difficult. Really, really complicated, something that you probably have never heard before. Here it is the first foundational truth. The king's way is right and true. It's good and right. Listen to the scripture verse good and upright is the Lord. Therefore he instructs the sinners in his ways. He guides the humble in what is right. He teaches them his ways. All the ways of the Lord are loving and faithful toward those who keep his com- uh, demands, uh, the demands of his covenant. He will instruct them in the way he chooses and s- and spend, and excuse me, they will spend their days in prosperity. Their descendants will inherit the earth. The Lord confines in those who fear him. Now, I don't know about you, but when we were worshiping, especially in the first gathering, probably because that's when I got it, um, I just can't get it out of my mind. I can't get it out of my mind. How amazing, how amazing, how incredible our king is. See, you have to understand a kingdom to understand how incredible our king is, because and we're talking about like olden days, kingdoms. We we don't really have kingdoms nowadays. We have a couple in the world, but you've probably never lived under one. Um, but a king, basically, when the king is the king, right? What happens? What he says goes. Like what he says is what it is, and there is no debate. There is no argument. There's no discussion. And, 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 and when you don't do what the king wants, what happens? You die. That's what happens. But my king is amazing. My king is absolutely amazing. Because I don't know about you, but I don't always do what the king says. And he has mercy on me. He's absolutely amazing at how much mercy he has on me. How much I don't follow the king's ways and yet we sing it. You are with me forever. You'll never leave me or forsake me. How does, that, how does that happen with our king? But here's the interesting part about that. He is the king. And what's quite interesting, Rachel quoted to me from another pastor who said it. Did you know that God does not have an opinion on a subject? Did you know he has no opinion on a subject? He is absolutely right. There's no opinion in him. He has no opinion. You can't say, how do you feel about, you know, whatever. And he'll go, well, let me, my opinion on this subject. There's no opinion with God. God's way is absolutely and totally right. Can I get an amen? Right? It's that simple. He is absolutely right. And here I am, and, you know, here Josh is, here is everyone, Calvin's with me, you know. Oh, God, oh, Lord, I surrender my life. Lord God, have your way in me. Lord God, what you say, I will do. Okay, uh, then God speaks to you and says, okay, go forgive your friend. So are you actually saying, God, that I, like, I should go to them and apologize? Or maybe you just want me to do it like right here, between me and you? See, we start having a debate with him. We say God's ways are right and true, and then we debate him about it. Can I get an amen? It's true. I mean, I know, that's, I know you don't want to admit it, but come on, we do it all the time. We, God says, do this, and we're like, well, wait a minute, God. You know, we do, we, do, we, do we, we, we do the exact same thing that Eve did a long time ago. God said what? Don't eat of the tree, right? Pretty, you can't get more straight, you know? You can't get more exact. Don't eat of that tree. If you do, you'll die. And then of she's sitting there talking to the evil one, and he said, God really say that? Well, maybe God didn't really mean that. We do this all the time. And then we wonder, we wonder why we don't have the the things in our lives, the peace, the love, the joy, the the patience, the kindness, the goodness, the gentleness that says comes from the fruit of the Spirit. Why? Because we think somehow he's going to come in and change us. And yet he said, I'm not touching your will. You give me your will and and then you'll see what happens. God's way is absolutely right. And there's no way around it. He's the king. It's quiet in here. It's quiet in here. Because we all know we've been there. It's interesting what Jesus says. Jesus says this. He says, So, I, uh, so Jesus explained, I tell you the truth. The son, of, uh, the son can do nothing by himself. He only does what he sees the father doing. Whatever the father does, the son does. Pretty straightforward. Pretty much just says, you know, he's, Jesus sends the disciples out onto the, uh, on the water, you know, and Jesus is up praying. That's what he did. It says he sent the disciples along and he was praying. And I have a feeling that while he was praying, God said, Jesus, go walk on water. Jesus didn't sit there and go, so let me tell you about physics, God. Let me tell you, Father, about physics. You know, I weigh this much, you know, and if I step on that water, it goes through, you know. Are you sure you're really saying metaphysically, God, or is it spiritually I'm supposed to walk on the water? What am I supposed to do? I have a feeling he heard God said, go walk on the water. He got up and he just said, okay, here I go. Whether I sink or whatever, God said to walk out and I did it. See, this is what God is calling us to do. This is what Jesus did. And Jesus wants us to do it. He wants us to follow and say, your way is right, God. Shh. I may have an opinion on it, but it's not worth a, a dime. You know, it's kind of funny when you think about it. I mean, we got this like little tiny mind. Come on. Our mind is it. What, how big is it? Like, you know, that big, maybe it's that big. Can't even store, you know, can't even store hardly any information at all. Can't remember half the thing. I don't have any memory at all. You know, too many drugs when I was younger. Anyways, (laughs) but you know, I mean, just can't remember half the stuff, right? Can't remember. And this little tiny brain is arguing with the brain of the universe. Kind of foolishness. And so, if we want to start out by handling earthly things in a heavenly way we got to tell our minds to shut up and obey. Well I won't move until I get an explanation. I have a feeling God can hold his breath longer than you. He's in no hurry. He's very, very calm. If you want to argue with him he'll let you argue all you want but I have a feeling he's not going to talk to you back. He, I, this is my opinion. Uh, yeah, God, that's your opinion God says but you know This is what's true. Second truth, you won't understand heavenly things without being born again or born of God. Okay, let's say you have a business. Let's say you have a business, okay? It's a new innovative business, brand new, very different, you know, I mean, I I know Stefan, he comes up with all these crazy, crazy ideas of how to run a business. He's like he's insane. He's off the charts, insane. And, and and so so I'll just use you, Stefan. Let's say, Stefan, you were gonna start this brand new business that was totally out of the box, you know, without any, you know, uh, you know, just no no references anywhere, right? And 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 so let's say I was your employee and I, and I came up and, and you, you were going to do this. I said, okay, I'll run it for you. No problem. No, no trouble. Would you give me any training? Of course you would. Would you start telling me kind of your idea? Of course you would. Would you let me run that thing without understanding how you think? Of course you wouldn't. Foolishness. Why, why would he let me run a business that I have not the same mindset as he does? Why would he ever do that? That would be foolish. And this is what it is with spiritual things. How can God put you under anything that that he owns if you don't understand his ways? The first thing, you must be born again. You have to be born of the kingdom. Over and over again, we have tried to do, deal with earthly things with an earthly mind and try to get heavenly results impossible. That's why I love 1 Corinthians 2. It says, but people uh, who aren't spiritual can't receive these truths from God's spirit. It sounds foolish to them. It can't be understood. They, They can't understand it. Only those who are spiritual can understand what the spirit means. Duh! Pretty easy to understand. You need the spirit to do spiritual things. And you know, heaven and earth are really different. on earth, two plus two equals four. You know, on earth, we like to do addition. In heaven, in heaven, subtraction is multiplication. Yeah! Right? On earth, if I have, if I get more, I'll have more, right? One plus one, I'll have more, I'll have two. In heaven, it says, give away the one and you'll have four. Right? Give and it shall be given to you. Pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Subtraction is multiplication in the kingdom of heaven. Try doing that on earth. No, no, God, that's only in heaven it works. This is when we go back to, you know, square one and start debating with God again. We start talking to him about this. No, God, no, 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 no. No, absolutely not, God. Well, we don't say it that way. We're more spiritual. Lord, I hear your spirit say it's for other people. It's not for me, God. It's true. So we have this like, this mindset. We cannot, we must be born again. And when I say born again, I'm not just talking about the first time you came to Jesus and you know, you got, you got born again. I was laughing. I'm sorry, I used Nina a lot. You know, Ray, Carol was wa- taking a walk with Nina, right? Now Nina's like this little nothing, right? She knows nothing. But I love her because she doesn't think, oh, this is right or wrong. She just does. Interesting, huh? So Carol said, I was walking like this. I was just walking with her like this. And so she like looks up at her and is going, how do you? She couldn't figure out why, but she was trying. She couldn't figure out why do you walk like this? And so she's trying to play, put her hands on her hip, looking at her, going, I guess that's what you do because that's what you're doing. That's what I do. So it's not just being born again first time. I want to say it this way. You need to be born again in your mind. You need to be, you need to have a wahyu. Or you need to have a revelation. You need to have a new revelation in your mind. Almost daily about who God is. About having the Spirit of God leading you. There's no way you can walk this day without the Spirit of God leading you if you want to walk it in a heavenly way. Can I get an amen? amen? So that's the second foundation. Third foundation. Everything is connected. Everything is connected. Now let me read you this, this story out of the Old Testament. It's out of the book of Joshua. It says, "When they so uh, about 3,000 men went up. And they were beaten by the men of AI, who, were ki- who killed about 36 of them. They would chase the, they, excuse me, they chased the Israelites from the city gates as far as the stone quarries and struck them down on the slopes. At, the, at, at this, the hearts of the people melted and, be- and, and became like water. So then Joshua tore his robes and he fell down, face down on the ground before the ark of the Lord. He said, why did you bring these people across the Jordan to deliver us into the hands of the Amorites to destroy us? And the Lord said to Joshua, Israel has sinned. They have violated my covenant, they, they, which I commanded them to keep. They have taken some of the devoted things and they, they, they have stolen. They have lied and they have put them into their own possessions. This is why Israelites, the Israelites could not stand against the enemies. Now, let me just explain the story a little bit. So here's this Here's, you know, the, the, the Israelites just came into the promised land. They watched the Jericho walls fall, you know. And God said, you know, take all the stuff and, you know, just, just give it all to me. Just destroy it all. Don't take any for yourselves, right? And so little does, little does Joshua know that one dude, Achan, one guy, takes some stuff. That he wasn't supposed to take, and he puts it in his tent and he buries it. Right? Now, my first question is: did Ai, I mean, did Achan actually even know? Did he actually even know that, uh, he, that that was the command not to take anything? There was two million people. Israelites were two million at this at this time. So maybe he missed the message. Secondly, I can just I can just picture Joshua right now. What are you talking about, God? Who the heck is that guy? I don't even know that guy. I I never met the guy. How can you blame me? How can you cause all of Israel to be destroyed? Because one guy takes it upon himself to do one thing that isn't right. That's not fair, God. Look what I have done. I'm going too fast for the translators. Look what I have done, God. I mean, I gave it all up. I was the one who gave the good report when we saw the, the, uh, the, the, the guys in Canaan the first time. I was the one that stood for you, God. And now I've taken these people. I'm doing everything I can. Lord, I'm praying. I'm doing everything for you. And now you're blaming me for something that this guy did. Not only blaming me, blaming all of Israel. You notice what, Jesus, what God says to, to uh, Joshua. He doesn't say this one guy did this. He says the Israelites stole. See, because God doesn't see individuals. He does, but he sees it all connected. Everything is connected. You know, when 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 we got this crazy idea to become part of, uh, you know, uh, to like work with IFG, you have to do something so unique that that is really, I think. I don't I only know one church in all the world that's ever done this. Bring two churches together, they stay two churches, and yet they're one. I know a God who does that, but that's a whole other issue. Anyways, if you don't catch it, live with it. Anyways. So so it took us, we spent, oh boy, eight months? discussing this, eight months, you know, talking about this, you know, blah, blah, blah. So then we decided, yep, we're going to try this. We're going to do some crazy adventure and we're going to try this, which has been very successful. Uh, so I went to Jakarta and I sat with the leaders, uh, you know, uh, of IFGF and we sat together and, and like we, we did some symbolic signing of things just to say we're going to work together, you know, and I signed it. Five minutes, five minutes after I signed that thing, I get an SMS, ICC is becoming IFGF from Surabaya. I'm like, so connected. First of all, they had no idea what they were talking about. But secondly, it's just so connected. With the internet now, we are so connected. See, what you have to understand is this. We all live in a yellow submarine. No. um, (laughs) Couldn't resist. Couldn't resist. Only the old people laugh at that one. Anyways. um, (laughs) Uh, we all live in the same ocean. We all live in the same ocean. What I do in my part of the ocean, if I sin in my part of the ocean, your part of the ocean is affected. When I move in my part of the ocean, waves come to your part. When you do something in your part of the ocean, it affects me. We are so deeply connected that you can't you, you just it, it just it's just amazing how connected we are. Societies are connected, economies are connected, you know. I mean, come on, you know, when when China and, and China changes its tariff, then everybody suffers or someone else suffers. I mean, they're playing with things all the time. How do you think they keep changing the, the money exchange? Why? Because everything is connected. I want you to look at the person next to you and say, hey, I'm connected to you. Maybe you don't know them, yeah? Maybe you don't know them. Look behind you, you're connected. What their life does affects you and what you do affects them. I want you to just, you know what? Everybody stand up and look around. Look at everybody, seriously. Do it, amen. God said, no, I'm kidding. (laughs) Look around, look at people. All the people, even people you don't know, you are connected to them. You are connected to them. Now, what happens is, what happens is, the closer the community, the smaller the community becomes, the more connected you feel. So, okay, maybe we don't feel so connected with the United States or, or with Spain or something, right? We don't feel that connected, even though we affect them and they affect us. Right? But then if we just bring it down to, to Indonesia, we can start feeling that connection. What happens in Jakarta affects us. The elections affect us all. Right? And we're connected. We're all connected. Right? When somebody is corrupt in, in, in one part of the country, it affects other parts of the country, right? We feel those connections. Then we go down to Bali. Now we feel really connected. We say Bali's really small, you know. We're really connected. Bali's very connected. When something happens in Bali, everyone, everyone, you know, I mean, what was the, what was the blast radius of the bomb that went off in you know, early 2000? The blast radius was not very big. Affected everyone. Everyone was affected. The whole world was affected. Right? Right? And then we get closer. Now we're talking about this community right here. Now, if we're really connected in Indonesia and we're really connected in, in, uh, in Bali, we're really connected. And when God sees us and looks at us, he sees us as connected. And I believe there are times where he's saying, community at the IC center, boom, he says it. You know, I, I just come on Sundays. Yeah yeah and you bring it down into, into connect groups your small groups you bring it down into your family it's all deeply 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 connected so connected more than you could ever imagine and then don't even try it with me I would love to debate with you because it's no debate at all don't try and separate body soul and spirit because they're all connected yeah they're all connected and so your body soul and spirit are very connected that's why you know heidi just said it you know when you're if you're emotionally stressed you can get physically sick when your spirit is wrong it can affect your emotions it can affect your body it's holistic thinking there is no way around it we are all very connected And you are very, very connected with the things that God has put you over. Or let me say it this way, the things that you think you own. I'll just say it that way. The things that you possess that are within your control, you are deeply connected to it. That's why I always told my wife, I I really don't want to own anything. Because what I own owns me. Did you catch that? What you own, owns you. Now you say, no, it doesn't. Okay. You own a house and it breaks. Who's going who's to make the phone calls? Who's going to do the work to get it fixed? See, it owns you a little bit. You own a car, it breaks down. Guess what? Come on now. I was just upstairs in the office and that dumb printer wasn't working right. It owned me for a little while. Trust me. It's all connected. It's all connected. There's no way around it. It is deeply connected. You are very deeply connected to one another, to the things that are all around you, to earthly things. You're all connected. Last fundamental truth. So, so God, you know, God's way is right and good. You won't understand heavenly things. You won't understand how to handle earthly things unless you become born again. There's no way around that. Everything is deeply connected. And finally, how you handle earthly things is a reflection of your connectedness to heavenly things. How you handle earthly things is a manifestation of what you believe. Whether on earth or in heaven, it's just there's no way around it. You just you can't get around it. Look at this verse in Luke. It says, "Then a tree is identified by its fruits. Figs can never be gathered from thorn bushes, and grapes are not picked from uh, from bramble bushes. A good person produces good things from the things from the treasures in their heart, and an evil person produces evil things from the treasures." In their evil heart, you say what you say flows from what is in your heart. What you do flows from what you believe. There's no way around it. How you treat in, how you treat people in your relationships has a lot. It says a lot about what you believe. A heaven relationship. You either believe what the heaven relationship should be, or you just say it and then you do something different. So what happens is, let's say, you know, Aaron and I, we're, we're, we're friends. Let's just say that for now. Let's just say it because obviously it's not true. No. <laughs> I love you, bro. Um, and, and so we're, you know, we're in a relationship and we're, we're, we're doing things. And, and I don't know, something happens and, and, I, and I cheat. Like I, I, I steal something from like we're in partners in business. Or and I become afraid and I steal. See? something happens. some fear inside me, which by the way, this is kind of what Heidi will be dealing with. So there's a fear inside me. that's a lie. And that lie, I've been debating with God for a long time. God keeps saying, that's not the way. And I keep saying, well, no, God, this is the way because I'm more afraid of your way than I am of my way. That's actually what you're saying. I don't trust your way. I'm going to trust my way. And so I do something to damage that relationship. See, that's coming out from my heart. And how I deal with him says what's in my heart. Now, some people use this scripture. I got to be honest with you. Some people use this scripture to judge people. And that's not what this scripture is for. Actually, this scripture is is a lot for self-evaluation. And also, I would say to you, if you want someone to judge you, then you need to ask someone who knows you. So for example, I've often said this, when I'm preaching, there's really only one or two people in this room that I'm worried about. Like meaning that I care what their opinion is. Now Carol's not here right now, she's working with the kids. She's one. When I'm preaching, I can, I can, I can, I can say anything I want. Ron will say, if it's truth, he'll say truth. But he doesn't know whether I'm living it or not. He has no clue. Why? Because he doesn't really know me. And if I'm doing something and Ron is looking on, he might misinterpret my motives because he still doesn't know me. So he might say, well, that's bad fruit. But my wife might say that was the best thing he could have possibly ever done in that situation because she knows me. So if you want someone to judge you, which I would agree with you, you probably want to ask, ask your wife. Ask your husband. Ask them this question, am I a good wife or am I a good husband? Am I a, ask your close friend, am I a good friend? How can I be a better friend? No, seriously, because they're going to tell you your fruit. They're going to they're talk about your fruit, and then you'll know whether your fruit was actually fruit from God, it was a godly fruit, or it was an earthly fruit. You know, but if I ask Calvin, Calvin, does, he knows some of me, but he doesn't know all of me, so he can't really judge me. So only let those who are close to you really talk to you. Your connect group, that's what we like connect groups for, so that, that you get close and you get talking and you can help each other. You know? That's why, like even the other day, we were in just having fun. It was at a dinner, you know? And my wife saw me. She was so funny. I was, I, she, she knows me so well. And I was setting up for a question. And she, she gave me the look. She gave me the look, you know. She didn't, have to, she didn't have to go like this. There's a look that says, Donald, shut up, you know. And she stopped me from doing something that later I realized I'm glad she stopped me. She, she, she knew it was coming from a wrong place. And she didn't even have to do that. But you know, I'm glad that she did it. I thank God for, so we need people like that. But so this is not for you to judge someone else. This is for me and for you to ask ourselves, hey, How am I doing? What am I doing with my earthly things? Yeah, come on out, guys. I'm done. What am I doing? What am I doing with my earthly things? How am I handling them? Because how I handle my earthly things is a direct reflection of my spiritual nature. What's inside me? That's why you need to be born again. And can I say it this way? Born again and again and again and again and again. Now, don't take that theologically, but I think you get the understanding. We need ever be renewed in our minds about you know, how things work. Handling things. And so, then, then finally, this verse, then, 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 the, then the Bible kills us with this verse. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies Or could I say your lives, which is the better translation, as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper act of worship. You know, when he says, offer up your lives, he's not saying just your arm or even this body. He's saying your lives. He's saying your relationships, your heart. Your emotions, your spiritual nature, your, your, your soul, body, soul, mind, and spirit. The things that He has put, in, put you over, the things that you own, put it all on the altar. Because if we put it on the altar, we will die and our opinion will die with it. Then we can take on the true nature that God wants us to have. will begin to manifest heaven on earth. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. I think I always am. I try to be as honest and straightforward. You know I don't like, I don't sugarcoat things. I just kind of just give it to you. I purposely waited to take the offering till now. Not because I want your money, because I'm not going to judge you. But how you deal with your money shows how you feel or how you see heavenly things, or whether you're connected or not. Now, if you're a first-time visitor here, please don't give. I don't want you to give. You're our guest. Be our guest. Please. And no one has to... No, you don't have to give anything. It's your deal. You see, it's your deal, not mine. I got my own worries. I got my own spiritual nature I got to deal with. And so, so I'm going to ask the ushers to come forward. And we're going to receive the offering. If you didn't bring something, you want to give it, swipe it in the back. It's fine. It, you know what? It, it, whatever. But yes, I did it on purpose because you can't get more practical. And you know me, I love practical things. Now, what should you give? I really want you to come next week because you'll be surprised what I share. Because next week I'm going to talk about that. I'm not just talking about what you give here. I'm going to talk about how you deal with something you deal with every single day. And you'll be surprised because I'm getting some radical views on some stuff. So I really want you to come. So I'm going to pray.